Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Think It Through podcast. Podcast that states there is no truth until you decide what truth is, and we're here to help you think it through. On today's episode, we dive into the notion of Black Lives Matter, an agenda compromised, and our thought process for today how sabotage works and why we should always be careful when it comes to national movements at large. Stick around so that we can think it through. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another segment on the Think It Through podcast, the podcast that states there is no truth until you decide what truth is, and we're here to help you think it through. So going along with what I opened up the show saying that I believe that there's two different types of Black Lives Matter. And before I go any further, I just want to let you know you are listening to an African-American. So the notion of Black Lives Matter strikes a chord with me. And I do believe wholeheartedly that sentiment is true. Black Lives Matter. It should matter. It should always matter. And why I hit home is because I do live in America. I am an American and I do see the injustice as it pertains to the plight of my people. Are my people always right? No. But when it comes to social justice, it does seem like my people is at the bottom of the bottom of the uh, totem pole. And that is a conversation that needs to continue to happen but it needs to transform and ascend higher on a higher level. Now, getting getting to it, I do understand that the Black Lives Matter that we're seeing now is totally different than what what was started by three women. Um, as a grassroots effort to bring a national conversation to the notion that Black Lives Matter as it pertains to uh, police brutality and in- injustice. I understand that and I can get behind that. But you see, folks, we've been lulled to sleep And what we're looking at now, when you say Black Lives Matter in a political sense, is two different things. That's that's always going to be room for inception. A room for a usurping of core values and beliefs to be outcast and set aside when there's money involved. Now, Alicia, why would you say that? Because... This organization started off as a grassroots effort to bring that national conversation around police brutality, around the shootings of Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. And we can all we can all agree that we need to have a discussion about that. It shouldn't be that every time we turn on the TV, another police department is being called out for an unjust killing of an unarmed black citizen. Shouldn't have that. But you see, folks, the problem is instead of instead of us sensationalizing every piece, every piece of these social unjust killings at the hands of rogue police officers, the attention would be best suited to put pressure on the DAs, the attorney generals, the mayor's office, the police departments and unions. If you keep the conversation on them, because these police officers, believe it or not, are at the bottom of the food chain. 
So us continually going along to get along and doing the same thing. Whereas we see a leaked video or somebody record something and then we all jump up and holler at these police officers. No, put pressure on where the pressure needs to be. Put it on their superiors. And see, I, I'm old enough and I'm wise enough to tell you that, yes, we do react. And that's one thing that my people got to stop doing. Stop getting emotionally charged up when you see or hear about it. And I know for my people, when we see continued um, police brutality at large, it triggers in us memories of Jim Crow, memories of the segregated South. It triggers memories of being enslaved in this country. So it's a very sensitive subject to continuously see a baton getting whacked behind someone's head or someone being shot at. It brings up that triggering in us because we remember those memories. Slavery, if you don't know people, slavery is embedded in black people. Black people really do have epigenetics of slavery in us. It's called post-traumatic slave syndrome. Look it up. It's in us. We remember that because we have... Everybody has something within them that's called cellular memory. The trauma that black people have received at the hands of this government and this country over time. Hear me clearly. I didn't say that the country is 100%, 1000% bad, but we've had to live through certain experiences that has encoded our DNA. So when we see things, it... It, it, it goes to a very deep place inside of us. But we gotta get we gotta get to the point where we can cope and deal with this and still function. We still gotta we still gotta push forward in this fight for justice and equality. But a third part of it has to be equity. And we'll talk about racial equity on another podcast. But I just want to let you know that. Black Lives Matter started off as something good and now it's something it's something totally different and it's just basically a political machine. You see, police brutality has been with us for a long time. It's just that we got these cameras on our cell phone and you see it in real time. So you think that it's something new. It, it, it's increasing. No, it's not increasing. It's just that we see it. And because we're we're met with it almost on a constant daily basis, that triggers us. And understand, to non-black people who may listen to this, understand that I know it's allies out there. And what a true ally is, is someone who may be non-black, who is willing to cut a check in public and in private. They are willing to come to the table and get these discussions going. Because my my greatest thing that I stand on is that you can work out any difference with communication. When there is proper and open communication and a dialogue that's had, you can always shake hands and agree to disagree. You can still make progress once there has been an established, open, and honest channel of communication when there's misinformation emotions and a closed mindedness you don't get you don't get progress progress only comes when there's open and honest communication rooted in facts not emotion facts I believe my only critique of Black Lives Matter is the way that they've allowed themselves to become a political attack doll. And yes, I do feel like my people are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to social 
injustice. I'm one of those people that I call a spade a spade. Because of that post-traumatic slavery syndrome, we know, we know that systematic racism is real. It's real. And we got to deal with that. This movement started off as a grassroots effort. And see, usually when it's a grassroots effort, that means it's localized. It is about the people. There is some type of reprieve. There is uh, some reprimand. But when you have a movement, a grassroots movement that has turned national and now global, there's money involved. And when there's money involved, you can best believe that corruption should follow. Because you've gone away from your core values and beliefs and now you've turned it into just an empty shell of itself and what it's supposed to do. Now my biggest gripe because I'm a Capricorn. I like my money. I like structure and I do like government. That's that's my natural positioning in my natal birth chart. So when I look at things, I'm looking at things from a structural standpoint. And my daddy always said, follow the money. Constant conflict equals constant cash. So if we have a conflict, in this case, a national conflict, then you know that there's some cash being exchanged. Because you see, I'm the type, I'm the type of woman that when you give me the proper tools and resources, I'm a nip whatever is a problem in the bud. I am a certified uh I am certified in conflict resolution. So when it comes to a conflict, baby, I can resolve it. There's going to be a solution for that conflict. So when I look at things, I'm looking at things from a structural standpoint. What was the core tenets and beliefs? How how did you go astray? Where was the inception? Because that's how you resolve conflict. You got to go back to the root of the problem. The problem here is... Unfortunately, the ladies who started this movement, one, they have shady, shady backgrounds in terms of you can, you can see what they were trying to do, but where it's ended up at is beyond them. And that to me, you know, it is really troublesome because I'm someone who's had a nonprofit. I know how hard it is to get donors to, to have a mission and knowing that it is big and then you don't necessarily get the help right off and then when you're met with money you change that's why a lot of a lot of nonprofits they don't survive or they don't reach their full potential because a lot of us nonprofit owners you don't want to sell out you don't want to sell out your cause because then people will come and they will critique you like I'm doing now and they will be able to point out your flaw. And this flaw is the lust for the money because there's no way that you can have this big of an organization and we ain't changed no laws yet. And I'm talking about not from the mothers of the movement. Understand because I know a lot of y'all might say, well, are you attacking the mothers of the movement or these black Men and women who've died. No, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about strictly the movement. The movement of Black Lives Matter. That's where I'm keeping it. I would never say anything bad about the mothers. The mothers of the movement. Never. Not talking about them. Because the way that they have to deal with their loss is something that I hope I'll never experience in such a public way. But when you have a nonprofit. You know that when you created it, it is derived to be about the mission that you stated. In their case, they were trying to bring a national conversation around police brutality. But if you look at what they stand for now, therefore, they're not in favor of the nuclear family. And to me, 
to me, those types of narratives give cause and give way for the promotion of the prison, school to prison pipeline. It gives cause for the destruction of the family. To me, family is everything. You should have two parents and a child. You should always have that. So when I read that, I said, now that that's that's inception. Because when you look at certain certain things, you can kind of get an inkling for what's going on. You can kind of gain an insight as to what you're looking at. On their website, and I'm gonna pull it up for you. When you when you look at their 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 website, it it, it it's almost like a um, like I said, it, it's a shell of itself. Now. Okay. Let's see. So, when you go to their website, you will see, I think it's on the About Us tab when they tell you about their core beliefs you will see a line that says that they do not support the nuclear family that's strike number one number two when you ask yourself where where is the money going because you can donate to them and they started off like i said they started off with just the notion that black lives matter that was the initial phrase and tenant core belief that they rallied around. Now they've switched it and they've been putting up all Black Lives Matter. And when you say, well, why would that be a big deal? Because you have to go back to the money. The money. Did you know that when you donate to Black Lives Matter, they have a third party processor called ACT blue as in blue for democrat act blue is their financial management arm so when you donate five ten dollars you're not donating it directly to black lives matter you're donating it to act blue and that act blue is giving it to the democratic candidates that they want to so joe biden and Bernie Sanders, when you look at the list, they took in over $200 million from Black Lives Matter. So all the money that you've been giving to the movement has been going to Democratic candidates. This is why a lot of adversaries and people who do not like Black Lives Matter, the movement, keep on calling out the politics of it. Because when there's money involved, you've made it a political agenda. And so my people are caught in the middle of it. Because you see us out here trying to fight for social uh, justice under the banner of Black Lives Matter. Not knowing that this is now a political movement that is not rooted in the values that they came under on back during the times of the protesting of Trayvon Martin's uh, trial, the outcome of that trial where George Zimmerman got to walk free and the uprising over the handling of Michael Brown's incident. That's not the same movement. What you're dealing with now is a full-blown political machine. 
So now when you see many black people standing up and saying, wait a minute, I don't necessarily agree with this. Because if you're going to say that you are against police brutality, keep the narrative on that. Now you've come in because you are not with the uh, affirmation of a nuclear family, which is a two-parent household. Now you come in and you slide this LGBT matter into it. Now you, it's all Black Lives Matter. We understand it. See, that, that goes into a dumbing down of a cause because we get it. We're Black. We get it. All of our lives matter. But when you take a movement and you usurp it from its original core value into a melting pot of bullshit, now you have people coming out against you saying, well, wait a minute. I thought you were doing this. Now you're doing that. Now you're giving money to white candidates. White Democratic candidates, mostly men, who they don't have an agenda for black people. Common sense, common sense will be able to see that the writing's on the wall. And I'm sorry I had to say that like that, but that's what it is. How you coming over here and you creating a movement around social justice on behalf of police brutality that usually involves a police officer and an unarmed black person. Now we're switching it to, well, all black lives matter. We going to include the LGBT. We going to stand up for them. We going to Go all over here. And I'm not saying that black LGBT, LGBT lives don't matter. But if it's not under the notion of what you said it was originally about, which is police brutality, then that should be null and void. Now, if you got an LGBT person that is black and they have been harmed or done wrong under the banner of police brutality, then hell yes, let's stand up and... Let's speak out about that. But that's not what the original core value was about. We're not saying the LGBT part. We're just saying the fact that you're just encompassing everything now. See, that's how you can get your nonprofit away from its original mission. Because in order for you to get money, you have to stay on target of what you are basing your nonprofit in. You can't swip swap. You can't can't do that, especially when there's money. Because see, that is the overall issue here. You have a Black Lives Matter campaign started by three women who happen to be LGBT women, LGBTQ uh, women, who started off on social justice. Now they've opened up the can of uh, they opened up the melting pot to just encompass everything. And now you have instituted a third party financial management arm to your company. Because now it's a company. It is not a nonprofit. And you're giving your money away that black people think that they're giving their money to a call, a just cause that is going to stimulate a conversation around police reform and education for black all the good things that we think about they're not doing that instead you're just basically giving your money to the democratic party and the democratic party for me they ain't put no no black agenda on the table and see when you study group economics that is the number one issue with black people that i have is that we have not yet fostered and built up group economics. Black people working on behalf of black people. Every other community has gotten to the point where they understand you have to make your dollar circulate in your community so that you can change things. You can cut down on inception. But if you're not practicing that, you will always come up short. Asian people do it real well. Do you hear us sitting over here talking about we need to go out here and campaign for the Asian vote? No. 
you've never heard a presidential candidate come out here with a an agenda for Asian people. Why? Because they don't need it. Asian people come over here from Asia and they understand how money works. They know that if I come to another country, I'm going to find people that look like me. And I'm already going to come to the table with a skill set. That's why you see them in the nail and hair industry, because that's what they decided that they wanted to do. So when they come over here, whether they're visiting or looking to make a brand new life in America, they go to their people. Their people have already erected community institutions and industry where they can come in and be a part of immediately. When you see Italian and Irish people, they usually are doing contracting of some sort. When you see the Jewish people, what are they doing? They're either doing education or banking. That is something that they've talked to one another. That we're going to take over this industry in this community and we're going to build each other up. Don't worry about outside influence because we'll back you. Black people have yet to tap in on that. See, we think that we got to dribble a ball or throw a ball or sell drugs and that's it. Or we can just open up a barbershop and that's it. But you see, the problem is we don't circulate the money back around. So when it comes time to stand up to police brutality, you don't have an agenda. When it's time for an election, you don't have anything that you can tell any candidate because you don't have enough money to play the right way. When you talk about national politics, if you don't have no money, you don't have a voice. So here we are depending on outside influences like a Black Lives Matter who come in looking good, talking good, doing things one way, and now they got some money behind them from George Soros. Yeah, George Soros. Now he has single-handedly, him and his company has single-handedly washed and rinsed that original movement and accepted what he wants the the movement to be about and if you think i'm lying go follow the money that to me if i was to sit over here and say native american lives matter and then i turn around and i allow someone who is not native american who doesn't understand the struggle or the plight, they have big money and I accept it. Now I turn around and let him and this company, this outside company direct my narrative and spin it to fit their agenda. But yet I'm over here screaming that Native Native American lives matter That's the quintessential textbook version of a sellout. Because you did not stay true to your core tenets and beliefs. And then I I told you to give me money. I'll I'll manage your funds. But yeah, I'm taking those funds and I'm giving the the money to people who don't look like you. You can't do that. You can't say, well, Black Lives Matter. And we're fighting on behalf of police brutality and social injustice. But you don't see where the money is going. But then when you look at the list of all the people that has benefited from the movement, it ain't benefiting those three women. You can't say, well, we put a check here on behalf of Black Lives Matter in your community. We're stimulating conversations across the country in each county where we're talking to the county commissioners. We're talking to city planning. We're talking to police chiefs and district attorneys and police unions. You can't say that. All you see is I've given money to these Democratic leaders. And see, this movement is not going to succeed. Why? Because when you make it about one party, 
over another, you fail. Because this country is rooted in the notion that united we stand. United we stand. It is say because of Democrats we're standing. It is say because of Republicans we're standing. No, it's united we stand. We the people. So when you've closed out an entire segment of politicians who would like to have a national conversation and they would like to be brought to the table to see where they are going wrong or have done something wrong or something that they could be doing better, you've totally invalidated your cause. Because a nonprofit is supposed to be universal in the sense that they are bringing the community together. Nonprofits is supposed to be community-based, whether it's education, whether it's food and shelter, whether it's self-defense, whether it's uh, something like the Legal Aid Society where we're helping people to have access to good lawyers and attorneys. It has to be a community narrative involved. This is not based in the community. This is rooted in political game. This is a psyop. That's what it is. You can't have a movement that is partisan. You have to have, if you're going to have a national movement and it's rallying cry is social justice. You got to bring everybody to the table. You can't just close out one party because you necessarily don't like them because of who their leader is. You can't do that. Now, I am an independent registered voter. So when I look at something, I'm looking at something from all angles, from both sides of the aisle. This movement is going to be reduced to nothing, which is the goal that George Soros and his cronies had in mind. Problem, reaction, solution. Look into it. That's called the Hegelian dialect. They've created a problem, which is police brutality. They gave you a reaction which is this movement, and the solution now is to come in and wipe the slate clean and upload a brand new agenda within it that doesn't look nothing like the original. Black people, you've been had. Stop letting these people come over here and bully you into a narrative that does not fit you nor suit you nor sound like you or is of benefit to you. Stop letting these national stories get sensationalized and then they put you up in front of the microphone looking stupid. You got to stop that. Do you notice the do you notice a trend in the people that people who have passed away and then their family get up there and they're so bamboozled and shocked and hurt and confused and then you want to have a conversation with these people that lets you know from inception there is a problem Uh, go look back at everybody that we got a hashtag for that has stepped in front of the spotlight go look at their family immediately after the incident has been had or caught on tape when they had a first official press conference those people don't They are impassioned because they're shocked about the passing of their loved one. But when you see the the computer, uh, the the camera just zoning in on these people who don't know how to articulate themselves, they're not telling you any anything. And the key word is, I forgive you. I forgive the police officer. We all just want to get along. Those are cat calls and dog whistles to let you know these people have come to some sort of conclusion or closure behind closed doors. And now they can be a part of the movement because the thing about it is, is sensationalism. That's what it's about. You got to break that down. 
because the optics of this Black Lives Movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, it doesn't look good because it doesn't look like what it started off being. And you're going to say, Alicia, well, can't people change? Don't organizations expand and grow? Yes, but not like this. No, it, it does not. Who owns the word Black Lives Matter or BLM? Because you know there is copyright and trademarks out here. See, this has become a political machine. And we're falling for the okie doke. Now you got these Black Lives Matter protesters coming in and they're agitating situations to the point where now you're having an unprecedented amount of civil unrest. I don't agree with that. When you see the civil rights movement, the reason why it was successful for the most part and on the surface level was because those brothers and sisters were organized to the T. You had the National Civil Rights Movement, you had the Black Panther Party for self-defense, and you had a, uh, you had the the Nation of Islam, which is the African American version of Muslim or Islamic culture here in this country. You had three giants in the National Civil Rights Movement, Black Panther Party, and the Brothers and Sisters of the NOI. The reason why they were successful at what they were doing is because they held on to their core system of belief that they were all rooted in social justice and economic justice. Those were the two main tenets of what they were trying to do under the banner of voter registration reform and the right to vote. Those brothers and sisters of those three movements was successful because they were organized. You had people from the top down who knew what civic participation meant. They knew what grassroots campaigning looked like and what it was supposed to be about. They knew what word of mouth and networking would do if we are unified is staying on code. The code is we need people to be able to register to vote because if we're going to complain about jobs and social justice, we need to have brothers and sisters amongst us who understand law. They understand politics. We need more people. If we're going to play the game, then you have to be educated on the game that you play it. You don't see that with Black Lives Matter. You don't see the civic participation of it. Because if this was a real movement, you would see it in the school systems. You would see it at the churches. You would see it in your everyday struggle. The, the civil rights movement as a whole was so successful because brothers and sisters was pounding the pavement and teaching everybody, this is what's wrong. This is what you need to be studying. This is how we need to participate. This is how we organize our money. When we say boycott, we mean boycott because boycott is at the last of the line in terms of having a cause if we're calling out a business the last step is the boycott we done tried to negotiate we've tried to come to a compromise we've had a sit down we've came and talked back and forth and it didn't work now the last step we got a boycott so when you see this community leader say no don't shop don't buy don't engage. Everybody got on code and did the same thing. Why? Because we organize and we've taught you. We're not just talking about it and taking your money and giving it to people that don't look like you. We're teaching you why we're doing it. 
We're teaching you the law. We're giving you tangible facts so that you can see this is the this is the problem that we're attacking in real time. You don't have that with Black Lives Matter. Do, do, do you see them other than registering to vote? Do you see them partnering up with? If we're going to talk about police brutality, do you see them out here partnering up with smaller nonprofits who are structured in incarceration reform about the brothers and sisters who are coming back into the population and need to restore their voting rights? Do you see them partnering up with people like that? No. You don't see that. Do you see them coming out here in full force and talking about, well, we need to redirect some of these laws and holding people accountable? No, you don't. Because they keep on switching and changing up what they're doing. I'm sorry, LGBT movement, but you got to get on board with what's already happening. Just because you could paint a fancy mural that say all black lives, that's not changing anything. You got a lot of LGBT lawyers out here. Put them in front of the camera and let them talk on behalf of their people, their their group. One thing that triggers me about sexual orientation is that I really don't care. If you're an adult and you are a consensual adult having and experience with someone else that's your business that's another thing we have to think higher on is sexuality in this country and why is it being used as a political ploy for chaos and distraction because that's what that that is in this particular movement get them out here these lgbt people who are lawyers and let them stand up on things on their own let them say that, yeah, we are a part of Black Lives Matter and this is what matters to us. Let them come out here and do that. Don't just slap a label on them and say, oh, they're a part of the movement too. We would think so. We, we would think so. That's common sense. But we got to stay on code. You can't get distracted with these minute issues because we're going to miss the goal you can lose a few battles but we're we're losing the war in itself because you don't have the right structure and you're not pulling people up along that would back you that would help you that would get the narrative where it needs to be and getting this movement on track to be what it intended to be and becoming the best version of itself you don't have that you can't have that if you've given over a billion dollars to white people who many of them, if not all of them, don't none of them have a black agenda. Don't none of them have a black unapologetic agenda. Why? One, they are not black. Two, none of those people on the list that they've given money to, they don't they haven't had to deal with the level of struggle that a real african-american or black person has had so do you really think that if you're gonna donate five and ten twenty dollars to a movement that is turning around and giving your money to these white people do you really think that they're gonna come back and say that they're gonna do x y and z for your community because every time you hear them talk about black lives matter they keep on throwing up in our faces black on black crime they are not going to do anything. This was a free money grab at the hands of black people trying to help a movement that was rooted in police brutality and social justice. We've been had. This is Cointel Pro. One-on-one. That's what you're saying. Do I believe that the sentiment that Black Lives Matter 
It's true, yes, because I'm black and God damn it, my life matters. I got a black son that I'm raising and you better believe his life matters. Your child's life matter too. Cops' lives matter too. But black lives matter. They matter. But not this phony movement. Don't get it twisted. And with that being said, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll have our thought process on the Think It Through podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's thought process on the Think It Through podcast. So our thought process of today is how sabotage works and why we should always be cautious of national movements. Now, you might say, Alicia, why would you say we should be cautious of national movements? Because you have to follow the agenda, the original intent of what the movement or a movement is about. And if it is beneficial for you and the way you carry yourself or your perspective that you have on certain issues, are all national movements wrong? No, but there are some that are tremendously adverse to society at home. And I feel this way based upon what we've seen thus far in 2020 and how the media is actually um, been given the permission to give us propaganda and misinformation. So it's very hard nowadays to critique things because things are ever changing and you have to have a good eye for research and you do have to try to stay non-biased as best you can and having said that when you look at this black lives matter movement as i have and just looking at it from all angles the notion that black lives matter I'm 1000% in agreement with because I am black and I do feel that my life matters. I do see the things that are going on and it gives me pause and it makes me ponder over where we're going as a country. But at the same time, when you understand how sabotage works and more specifically how COINTELPRO works, go look up what that stands for. It actually stands for, and I'll give it to you, it says Counterintelligence Program. This was a series of covert and illegal projects conducted by the United States FBI from 1956 to 1979 and is more than likely still going on today. And the goal of it was to surveil, um, infiltrate, discredit and disrupt American political organizations and under those political organizations do come grassroots movements when you see a rise in a national movement or literally overnight you have to give pause and you really do have to do your own research and critically think about what is being shown to you why it's being shown to you and how it's being shown to you marketing in this country is a high paying job because you can market almost anything when you have the enough money and the right resources to push your product and or your agenda or service that's the truth so when you look at the Black Lives Matter aspect, and you heard me say in the last segment that 
there's two Black Lives Matter. There's people like me who are African American and we do think that our lives matter and should be of value and we should tear down systematic racism in all forms immediately. And then you have the movement of Black Lives Matter which has been usurped by a nefarious organization in and of itself. And it has turned into a shell of itself because it's not working for the intended purpose that it stated. That's the long and short of it. Well, Alicia, what are some examples of Pro in action? Look at the, 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 the demise of the civil rights movement. Now, my last segment... I told you that I believe in what the civil rights movement stood for and what it was able to accomplish. You see, they had a tangible result. They marched, they organized, they pulled their resources and monies together, and they brought about change that is written about in the textbook. It's documented what these men and women have done from people like Rosa Parks to Martin Luther King to Medgar Evers to Congressman uh, John Lewis, who just transitioned. May God rest his soul. These were tangible men and women who had to go under the tutorship and mentorship of elders who sat them down and taught them law and taught them civic participation. All the while you had people who were infiltrating them trying to discredit and disrupt what they were trying to do. The best example that you can look at is the Black Panthers. Those brothers and sisters were organized in such a way that has never been seen before and if we if black people were to ever try to do that again they would be looked at as a threat why because these men and women utilize their second amendment right and when they organized they were organizing with arms they were bringing guns to the courthouse they were utilizing their their right to carry you don't have that no more. Those stickers that you see on buildings now to say you cannot bring a weapon inside the buildings, especially federal buildings and stuff like that, that was because of the, the, the Black Panthers. When they walked into the California State House with shotguns. See, when, you, when you're demanding results, you got to be able to walk it like you're talking. If you're going to defend yourself, you need to be able to show and prove that you can and that you will. And those brothers brothers and sisters demonstrated that they will protect themselves at all costs. It wasn't about well, you're going to stick a dog on us and you're going to spray water cannons at us and you're just going to back down. No, these brothers and sisters were willing to go toe-to-toe. Do I advocate violence? No. But I do advocate for self-defense. Were, were they perfect? No. But what they did and what they left and how they left their mark on history, I support that. Because, once again, this is an example of being organized to the T. And having your own agenda and seeing it through. Where the corruption lies in is actually the government because they were trying to usurp and stifle their cause in which they did. Notice that what we have on the books as the Voting Rights Act of 1964 or 1965, that is an act. It is not a law. So as it stands today, black people do not technically have the unadulterated right to vote. That If it's an act on the books, that means that by law, they have to keep on bringing it up to a vote to give permission to the people to vote, in this case, black people. 
So we do not truly have the right to vote. People did have to die and sacrifice themselves to be able to vote in peace without poll taxes. Women, we still haven't gotten our just to do yet, but I don't want to make this a sexist point that I want to drive home to you. Because I'll get into the Second Amendment, I mean the, the, the Equal Rights Amendment on another episode. But just understand that the government in this sense of being against the national movement and taking out black leaders through neutralization and or death and or compromising them to be a quote unquote snitch. That is real and that is documented and you can go research the various people that were enticed by the government to stop certain agendas from being fulfilled Malcolm X Malcolm X was a victim of COINTELPRO and that was made to look like he was taken out by his own people of the NOI Martin Luther King was another example of COINTELPRO in which the family of Martin Luther King back in 1998 admitted that the government had paid them because the government admitted that Yes, we wanted him dead. Yes, we were investigating him and we thought that he was a threat, so we killed him. And I'm paraphrasing, but that is what the American government was forced to admit and that family has been compensated. That's why you don't see them talking as much. Martin Luther King's family and his his closest allies, when they were younger, notice I said keyword younger, when they were younger and full of energy and full of life, they were about it, about it. That means we're going to put boots on the ground. We're going to go out here and march. We are going to set forth a nonviolent movement. And we are going to change history the best way that we know how. Through showing and practicing organizational pride. This is our agenda. This is our cause. We are all uniformed and aligned and destined towards the same goal. Whereby we are pulling up people who look like us. And teaching them what's going on and we're grabbing the best of our allies who may not be someone who looks like us but is willing to join the cause for the betterment of this country you've never seen that ever again never you can't point to me right now and say that you've seen another movement or cause be successful you had the Muslim brothers, you had the Christian brothers, you had rabbis, you had Mormons, you had different people who were aligned towards true social justice and economic reform. You don't have that now. Why? Because Pro is still around. Sabotage and usurping agendas is real and it is still happening how is it happening? Follow the money. In any national movement that you can point to, follow the money. Who is funding these people? Who are funding protesters? Okay? Look at where the money is being spent and how the agenda is coming across. I could talk to you all day long. But if I get some money and I change from my core values and belief and I allow a third party to come in and spin my narrative, I have just sold you out and I have just compromised myself, my dignity and my movement. How do you know? How do how do I know that this is coin till pros? Uh, 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 a page out of Cointel Pro's textbook. Look at the men and women who's lost their lives to police brutality, which we have seen caught on camera. And look at the number of convictions and sentencing. You can't name it to me. Out of all the hashtags that you can think of, Point me in the direction of the officer who's been arrested, tried, and sentenced to prison. You cannot find it. Why? Because look at the majority 
of the people that are being represented in these high profile cases. Who are you seeing? People like Ben Crump and Lee Merritt. Good brothers, but they ambulance chasers. Why would you say that, Alicia? Because if you can point to me and show me out of all the hashtags, the police officers who's been arrested and put in prison, you think you got probably about what 50 to 100 people that we can count on and say that there's a legitimate cause of corruption at the hands of police officers that are not in jail notice that the outcome with these two attorneys what are they the majority of them is settlements understand that word on a surface level and on a deeper level in order for you to be compensated you have to play the game you have to say that we forgive you have to say that if you can't say that you will not get justice. You will not be compensated. You will not be paraded across the screen. Black Lives Matter, it, it, it encompasses an air of we want to see justice reform happen. And the first step that we would like to see happen as a community, as a whole, we need to see cops being held responsible in the penal system don't tell me that he's been he or her has been reprimanded in the sense of we've been suspended without pay or we've been fired and can get rehired in another county or another jurisdiction that is not justice because if i shoot you or your child and it's caught on camera you can best believe i'm going to jail no questions asked so how come is it that when we see these sensationalized videos which we can we can we can argue that yes there is something there that we should be able to go to trial about but if we never get to the trial and there are settlements we don't have justice so we can continue the cycle of abuse and the cycle, the recycling of sensationalism because we've been had, we've been sabotaged against. And the very same people that you think is giving you justice, they're not. I'm going to say it again. The very same people that you think is giving you justice, they are not. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. The very same people that you think is giving you justice is not. Because if you can't see out of all the hashtags that me and you can look up right now and you can't find a conviction to be sentenced to prison for a very long time for taking the life of an African-American person or a Hispanic person, then that's not justice and this has become a political pawn. Black Lives Matter started off real good in its inception and in, in its original intent. Now it has become nothing more than a political pawn set and hell bent on chaos, confusion, and distraction. There is no black agenda attached to Black Lives Matter because it's not about Black Lives Matter. Now it's about all lives matter. I'm not saying that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with all lives matter because your life matters just like I do. My life matters just like my neighbor's life matter. And I feel that way about my neighbors, that their lives matter. But when you've politicized a movement that was uh, predicated upon a certain group of people, and that certain group of people has not yet received justice, and you've allowed a third party to come in and take donations from said cause, 
with no uh, reprimand or an agenda to give back to those people who've compensated you from said movement, that's sabotage. That is an agenda. That is COINTELPRO 101. Why? Because one of COINTEL's principles is infiltrating and disrupting political organizations. That's what it's about. So once again, black people, you've been had. Step away from the movement. You can pray for the movement. But until they get real about what it is that they're setting out to do and why they're doing it, and until they can bring everybody to the table, regardless of your political ideology, it's a game. And it's a con game. And it's been played at your expense. And on that note, thank you for joining me. I hope you stick around. We're building up some great things. I'm going to be talking to a few entrepreneurs. I'm going to be breaking down different topics. Because I don't want you to just hear me. I want to bring people to you that would be of benefit to you, that has a service for you, have a have something that you can interact with. I appreciate those that are listening. I hope you stick around so that we can think it through.